Welcome to What the F Fertility, the podcast and community for those thinking about having a baby, actively trying to have a baby, those struggling or maybe having treatments, wherever you are in the journey, then this podcast is for you. I'm Pips. I'm Alex. And I'm Maddie. And I have to say, ladies, I cannot believe that we are here. And finally, we are doing this. It's been over two years, hasn't it, of us oh making gosh. this. Just whilst we've been on such a hell of a journey, each of us, it really has been a total roller coaster, hasn't it? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it's been two years. But yeah, and we have literally been asking, what the F at every stage, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> but we have become so passionate about this subject. And it's so important that we want to talk about it and share it with you, which is why we've created this podcast, haven't we, ladies? Yeah, absolutely. And what the F, we've got a podcast. <laughs> uh, so each week, we will be bringing you interviews with fertility experts, and I'll be on hand as your resident fertility nutritionist, sharing top tips on the little things that can help us along the way. So we just want to share our stories really briefly of why we're doing this. Uh, so I was diagnosed with low ovarian reserve and discovered that I don't have many eggs for my age. My levels were too low for IVF on the NHS, but we just kept trying. I was due to start IVF. Miraculously, I actually fell pregnant naturally, but sadly, I had a miscarriage. And after doing everything in my power and no doctor will tell you it's possible, I managed to increase my levels and I now have my toddler, Louie, and another baby on the way. Yay. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Mads, how about you? Yeah, so I'm currently at the crossroads where um, I'm really seriously considering whether to end my fertility journey. I've been on a long break over a year now, and I have to say it was really well needed. I was deep in the trenches for over four years. I've had nine miscarriages, two rounds of IVF, two rounds of ICSI, and even one donor egg IVF cycle. Along this way, I've been diagnosed with immune issues as well as endometriosis and adenomyosis. I've had the endo treated with surgery, yet still I can't quite make that decision as whether I have just one last try. You've been through so much, Maddie. Yeah, and, I, and like I said, I don't know whether just to say it was a ride and I end it. So we'll we'll figure it along the way. So for those that don't know, Maddie's my sister um, and my story quite different. So my partner and I, we were trying for a baby for over two years and we were just getting nowhere. We were sent for tests and it was through these tests that we discovered that both my fallopian tubes are blocked which means that IVF was the only solution. So after one failed attempt, we did get pregnant. And now I have two-year-old toddlers, Marnie and Phoenix. It's all so different. And I think that's also why it's so important that we felt we wanted to create this because we all have such distinctive journeys and stories to share. So we really hope that What the Fertility can bring you some light and some hope wherever you are on your journey. Let's, so we're all recording. Is everybody ready? <laughs> I am. I'm ready. Everyone's, everyone's got a cup of tea or a glass of water. Yeah, let's do it. Go for it. Go Brilliant. out. So Zita, thank you so much for joining us today. You are a real fertility guru, having been a midwife for 40 years, mm -hmm. an acupuncturist for 25 years, the founder of the Zeta West Fertility Clinic and products, and you've written nine books on fertility about getting pregnant. It is such a pleasure to have you on What the F. Oh, thank you. 
So I'm sure those who are listening, like us, have tried so many different things to get pregnant. Um, obviously, we've got the all-important having sex and at the right time. Uh, we've also spoken to Maddie uh, last week all about how important diet and nutrition can be. But I feel like we, there are always areas that we can upgrade on. Absolutely. So, Zita, what, in your opinion, are the three most important must-dos of how we can prepare our body to conceive naturally or to go down the IVF route? Okay, so first you've got to decide whether you need IVF or not. And the, the commonest things that I see with women is when they first start out, they are buying every book, every vitamin, they are overthinking it all. Um, when the big focus should be on sex, having as much sex as, as you as you can. So the three things are sex, um, nutrition, as you know, Maddie lays the foundation to healthy eggs and sperm, and mindset. A lot of what I do is managing expectations. You know, you three are from different sort of areas, but it's managing a woman's expectations that on average – you might be lucky and get pregnant after month one or two, but it takes on average eight to 12 months. And so for some women that go down a route of IVF, age is a big factor, as you know, but it's not about an inability to conceive. It's about an impatience to conceive. That's really interesting. I definitely feel like there's, there's impatience. There's impatience yeah. on all our parts. We want it, We want everything and we want it tomorrow, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, I, I'm much older than you guys, but uh, women today plan everything within an inch of their life. There's no, there's no, you know, there's no room for something not working or fitting in. Definitely. And you're and I think as well from like school days when you're taught in sex education, you yeah. have sex once and you can get pregnant. Actually, when it comes to trying to conceive, it, it is true. It's that statistic. It can take naturally, you know, up to eight, eight months, 12 months. And that's still within the normal reference range. We want everything so quickly. But being patient is easier said than done oh absolutely it is absolutely especially not i'm not saying that women are competitive but it's like you feel it each time someone gets pregnant and it's not you it's like oh my god is this ever going to happen for me and that's that in itself is really hard as well it, it's well, dealing these... with uncertainty pips yeah. that's the hardest thing that challenges anybody no matter where they are in their life or what they're doing is uncertainty mm. Uh, so you said obviously with sex and then you said diet and nutrition. I just want to really touch on this because you have actually written a couple of books on diet and nutrition and you've done the IVF diet. What are the three main things that you would say are really important for nutrition? I think protein, fats, less carbs. I think looking at micronutrients. So eating nutrient dense foods are really, really important. I think most, like when I was doing this 10 years ago, people's diets weren't great. Women now know what to eat. You know, there's so much information out there. But I think, you know, one of the things I try and get across is that fertility is a whole body event. It's not just something that happens in the fallopian tubes. And women just focus on that. But when you think that all of your systems are interlinked and the amount of women that I see with gut issues, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, diarrhea, constipation, if you're not absorbing the nutrients you're eating, you need those to make healthy eggs and healthy sperm. And also if you're stressed, if you're over-exercising, if you're not sleeping, you're depleting your body of vital nutrients that are needed to make hormones and fertility. Absolutely. 
The third thing you mentioned was was mindset. Yeah. And and obviously de-stressing. And obviously we know that stress is a huge factor to why people are struggling to try and conceive. Yeah, it's one of the most stressful times. How can we minimise stress and work on that mindset? I think I think that um, there are many things that you can do to minimise stress. And what I've sort of felt for the last few years, you know, I tell women to go and meditate, I tell them to go and visualise, I tell them to go and do A, B, C, D and E. But and it, that, that's only at a superficial level. I think you've got to really work on your mindset in terms of changing the stories you're telling yourself changing the labels I mean we were talking at the beginning of this and you know you hear a word such as miscarriage low AMH IVF failure you know that sticks with you in your psyche and and women find it very very hard to let go of that and there's so much more now we we know about PIPs in terms of neuroscience and how you can rewire your brain you can change these stories and thoughts in order to enable you to to cope with uncertainty but you've got to work at it yeah Absolutely. These things definitely don't start happen overnight. No, they don't. They don't. And you've got to come to a realisation of acceptance and of feeling better about your situation. And that isn't overnight, you know, but all of us love the highs, don't we? The lows are the, the, are the hardest. But you know what? It's in the lows that you learn things about yourself, you know, and they happen for a reason and they, that they teach you something. So... I mean, we've all, my sister and Pips, myself, we've been following strict diets. We cut out the booze, the caffeine, and we all tried acupuncture. And obviously you are an acupuncturist. How can that work for fertility? Well, acupuncture is ancient traditional Chinese medicine. And, you know, studies have been done on acupuncture. So from a Western perspective, what the studies that have been done show that it can help improve blood supply to the pelvic area so that you've got good better you know good eggs and oxygen and nutrients getting in it can help with beta endorphin release so it can help with stress hormones it it can be used during ivf but leaving the western medicine aside acupuncture i i honestly believe a lot of acupuncturists give an awful lot of support to women going through this journey and it's a very different system of medicine and that's why it hinders western medicine this concept of chi energy and um various things like that so it's it's unique because each practitioner brings their own uniqueness into the treatment room so you it's a different set of diagnosis that you use compared to western medicine with pulses and looking at your tongue and feeling areas on the body and asking you know it's an individualized treatment why do you think some doctors don't acknowledge acupuncture as a well, good they don't because they they, yeah. they and I think that's what's very frustrating for women I think it's getting better I think more places are looking at holistic approach but certainly you know when I started all those years ago I was laughed at for talking about lifestyle you know doctors were still saying it was okay to smoke and drink and <laughs> all of these sorts of things and and, you know, it's amazing how it's sort of come round now. But it's very important that when you go and see a doctor, you really believe what he says. So when somebody turns around and said, oh, there's no evidence to support the use of acupuncture, there's no evidence that nutrition can improve your eggs, it's really detrimental to the client, the patient in front of you, isn't it? Absolutely. So- and I, I think it can be quite overwhelming finding yeah. a good acupuncturist because yeah. Maddie and I definitely, we both went and saw one, didn't we, sis? And 
he I think it was all about the money it was a, it was a bit of a charlatan in my opinion oh, no. yeah really it really was and when you then find someone who's really good it's a complete game changer and I strongly believe that combined with all the other things I did really helped me with my successful IVF but yeah, um, and how- I think as I think as well you know evidence or no evidence the way that women feel supported like you and Maddie did feel supported gives you a better sense of well-being it makes you gives you you know so it's not all about evidence you know there's there, there's you can't have evidence for everything but mm. I see the well-being of women I see the support they get when they're going through do you know what's really interesting about what you were just saying then, Zisa, of, you know, doctors saying, you know, they're, they're the ones who are actually delivering kind of, you know, often the bad news or the difficult things or the challenges that you've got to overcome. But when and I, it's done so badly, I have to say, yeah. so badly sometimes. And, and I, I was, you know, in a real mess. I was so kind of taken aback by everything with having this, you know, low ovarian reserve and low AMH and it was it felt really you know, there wasn't much going for me. And actually it was my acupuncturist who told me for the first time, who's the only professional that said, you're actually doing everything right. You should feel really good about what you're doing. Like, you know, you're, it, but it was having someone who, who was a professional and who was just to say, you know, you're doing everything right. Yeah, it's, it's giving you it permission, such... isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to add when I very first went to my first IVF appointment, had my initial blood tests done, I was told there is nothing you can do to improve anything. And I was like, really? Absolutely, categorically, there is nothing you can do. And actually, how wrong how wrong they were. And and the evidence is out there. Even the the literature on uh, the scientific literature on IVF and, and acupuncture and how it can improve outcomes. So the evidence, the new evidence is emerging, which I find very comforting and very promising. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when I look back to when I first started the clinic, I introduced vitamin D testing. And at the time, there was no evidence. And everybody was saying, there's no evidence for vitamin D, blah, 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 blah. Um, And I persevered. And I had to sort of like really research. um, I use the Mayo Clinic as a a reference point. And now look at vitamin D. It's everywhere. It's huge. It's It's huge. huge. Going back to what you said there, Mads, we can improve things. And one thing that we wanted to ask you was, how can we improve things like our sperm and our eggs I mean, can we actually improve them first and foremost? Yeah, I I think you can. And I think it's one of the most common questions that gets asked up and down the country every day. Is there anything I can do to improve my eggs and my partner's sperm? And the answer is yes, 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 as far as I'm concerned. And I know that a woman is born with all the eggs she's ever, ever going to possess. She's told that often enough. But I do think that the environment in which those eggs are growing over a period of time are influenced by your lifestyle, your stress, your sleep, the nutrients you put into your body and supplements. I agree. And even the products that you're using and your household stuff, there's, there's, there's a lot that can be done. And I do find that that's very um, empowering for, for people yeah. in this situation when you feel everything is out of your hands. But actually, yeah. this is where you can take control of, of your own health. And It is and because posi- you don't have control influence. over your situation, but you do have control over what, what you put in. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm fascinated about acupuncture. And, and like Alex said, we, we've we all had really positive experiences from yeah. it. I'd love to know your thoughts on abdominal massage, Zeta. Alex and we I both, both had it. Um, it's very interesting in terms of how it feels. 
but I think it's fantastic. I would just love to know your thoughts on it. Is it something you recommend at the clinic? I do. When I see somebody, I do abdominal massage because so many women, you know, I sort of have a huge believer in the heart and the uterus connection. And I think the heart is where stress starts because when you're going through grief, when you've gone through loss, when you've gone through uncertainty, it affects your heart and you disconnect. You disconnect from people around you. You don't socialize anymore. And, you know, my sort of belief is that the heart is like a, a brain in itself. It releases oxytocin, which is an amazing stress hormone. You know, it's really, really good for, for stress. And the uterus in Chinese medicine, the heart and the uterus connected. When I have somebody come in, I always ask how they feel about this lower abdomen. And some don't understand what I say, but the majority that have got issues will say, I can't think about it. You know, I see my uterus as being barren or, you know, sort of dull or black or heavy. And then when you start to palpate the abdomen, like you were saying, it's very interesting to see a woman's reaction because we hold a lot of emotion in our abdomen and some and we don't massage our abdomen. You know, you, you have massages for everything else. But once you start to massage the abdomen, it does release emotion. Definitely. So I'm a huge believer in that. Because with the abdominal massage, can they actually feel for things like scar tissue as well? Well, I think, you know, the, the thing is that you, you work very much, you're, you're massaging and you work with the tense areas and that's where you start to massage more and that releases the tension. Why, why do you ask about scar I tissue? I don't know, because Mads, didn't she, didn't your lady she, yes. say that she could feel this, which I find so fascinating, she could feel the scar tissue? She could, yeah, I, so when I, I've had a couple of sessions and when I... On your uterus or where? On, yes, on my uterus. focus solely on that and when I had my sixth miscarriage I went to go and see her and I'd had to have a medical procedure to get rid of the pregnancy tissue and she said that she felt that my uterus was in shock it had like almost gone rigid and sort of almost like not bent over but just really rigid she felt shock and she could feel little bits of of almost scar tissue and we had a couple of sessions and yeah it was it was really interesting um even things like my my period pains the cramping that I used to experience sort of mellowed out and in her opinion she felt after the third session I had one one a month that um, everything had improved so I really enjoyed the experience I felt it very nourishing and calming it, I, I think it's a really good complementary therapy uh, it does and, it, and like it, it, yeah emotionally it, you know it can release a lot of uh, a lot of energy so you know in a way just by massaging you are releasing tension and talking about complementary therapies um you also offer hypnotherapy at your clinic. yeah we do yeah um, how can that help how can that help us i find hypnotherapy is really powerful to help with mindset so it's looking at the conscious and the subconscious and at rewiring the brain and sending new messages so i think it, it it does help but it also gives women techniques to be able to help them themselves which again it's all about giving the control back so you know you know what it's like going through an IVF procedure to get to transfer is huge upheavals ups down up down up down it's really 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 hard so it is about giving you techniques to help you and it how, can how just does be, hypnotherapy sorry. work yeah. for, for fertility 
it, it depends because everybody comes you know that's that's the beauty of the clinic is that it, it is an individualized treatment no two people are the same that come through the door they've got their own emotional baggage from the past the present and into the future so everybody have, has different issues that are addressed at hypnotherapy so what works for one person might not work for the next person so it is an individualized way of treating somebody and all of these treatments, I mean, it's very well us. Just, you know, they can be so expensive. I've yeah, spent they a can. fortune. Maddie spent yeah. a fortune. Pips has spent a fortune. Obviously, if you fall pregnant naturally, then and you don't need to pay for IVF, then it's saving you money in one respect. But if you were to choose one, or what? Would, yeah, what would you say is the most important? Oh, that's a really hard question, probably. <laughs> oh, it's a really hard question. I yeah. think what is, I think what's so hard for women today is they've been on the pill for a long time. So you come off the pill in your thirties. You shouldn't wait to let the pill go out of your system. You should start trying straight away. But they've been on the pill. They try for this mythical year. You go and see your GP, who might be brilliant, but has 10 minutes to spend with you. You want to feel like you're being proactive and you're told just to go off and relax, try. It will happen. And that doesn't work for today's women. They want to feel they're proactive. So that's when you start going down the route of therapies, etc. So my my whole thing is if you don't have the money, there's so much you can do without having to spend a lot of money, you know, like having sex and focusing on the sperm, not the egg, because that's what women focus on, that, you know, they panic that the egg's only going to last for 12 to 24 hours, whereas the sperm's lasting three to five days. Look at your diet. There's lots of books around that you can you can read. Do abdominal massage on yourself and learn some um, stress reducting techniques. But I'm a huge believer, as you know, in complementary therapies, but I like to use them alongside Western medicine because I've seen women that have been on the pill for a long time. They've come off the pill. Their cycles haven't come back. They've gone into absolute panic mode. So then they've gone down the acupuncture route for six months, then hypnotherapy, then reflexology. And they've wasted 18 months of fertility time when it's Western medicine they need. And I think many women today are terrified of having Western medicine. They'd rather do things naturally. But when the two work well together, they work very well together. That's such I a mean. good point, isn't it? Working in kind of conjunction yes. with, with yeah. them. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you about quickly, I actually looked into some Chinese teas as well um, yeah. and, and drank quite a lot of raspberry leaf tea. What's your opinion on, on having things like teas? Is it something that we can all do? Should, do we need to be careful? I, I think teas are fine. A lot of women take Chinese herbs. I'm not a herbalist, so I don't know anything about Chinese herbs. I know about supplements. And I think sometimes you can be taking too much if you're doing herbs and you're doing supplements. I know that a lot of IVF clinics, including ours, aren't keen on Chinese herbs because they going through IVF, you're told to stop because many doctors think that it changes the, the hormones. So um, I think you need to be careful. Where I'm very skeptical, though, is when women are on Chinese herbs and they're going back week after week, it's costing £300 a month and a, and, a, and a year's gone by and you're still doing it. You know, I think the two things I always look at, Pips, is age and time trying. And you've got to sort of be strategic about your fertility. You've got to look ahead and you've got to sort of work out what you need to do. And I think that women today are very strategic in terms of their career, their finances, their exercise regime, but they leave fertility over here a bit. You know, it's a bit woolly. It's a bit up in the sky until you're ready to have a baby. Mm. 
so right. I have to say, I used a herbalist, and I and I think you, you touched on a very important point. You, if you're going to go down that route, that herbalist needs to be, you know, totally aware of the contraindications that could that could occur with your IVF medication and so make sure you really look into the credentials of your herbalist but I have very high raised natural killer cells that um, I do have a a western medicine protocol which is steroids and intralipids and clexane um, which kind of manages those natural killer cells but then they're extremely high I spent quite a bit of money with a herbalist a Chinese herbalist and and she's affiliated with a fertility clinic and she got my levels down and the doctors um were blown away the western medicine that's fantastic yeah they couldn't believe it so yeah i do think there's a place but you've got to check their their credentials and make sure they understand if you're Yeah. yeah no i agree absolutely So Zita, you mentioned uh, the word hug earlier and at your clinic and you, you're all about this 360 approach to fertility and you're constantly reacting to the modern day women, to our lifestyles and coming up with new solutions. And you created this programme, Hug. For those who are listening who might be interested in it, can you just tell us a little bit about it and why you created it? Yeah, it's it's a long line course and there are visualisations as well. And to me, visualisation is one of the most powerful tools that we have. And with my background as an acupuncturist for 25 years, I've always been interested in Chinese medicine. And I came from a very medical midwifery background in the 80s. And um, so Chinese medicine to me, when I went trained and I heard that the heart wasn't just a physical pump, it was the seat of our emotions. And I learned that the uterus um, isn't just about reproduction, it's about our creativity on every level. And women lose their creativity when they're trying for a baby because their life is on hold. They stop dancing, they stop painting, they stop doing all the things that they love to do. The gut is all about, not just about um, absorption, it's about courage and it's about letting go. Um, And so I wanted to be able to use tools that would really, really help women make that powerful shift. And that's where I came up with hug, heart, uterus and and gut. And women really relate to it. They really do understand, you know, what I'm what I'm saying. I did parts of the programme, but you guys also did it. What was your experience with it? Yeah, it came at a really good time for me. So after my first failed round of IVF, I was in a really low, I was in a very low place. And I just, you know, when you just think, is this ever going to happen? And Zita, you just finished your hug manual and you kindly sent it to myself and my sis. And it just couldn't have come at a more perfect time. Just gave me every morning. I, I did it. It was like 20 minutes, sometimes less time just to fully focus on myself and just getting into that positive mindset. Visualization is so powerful. And I strongly believe, again, it's one of the reasons which helped me conceive with IVF. So no, it was it was amazing for me. And I've, I've told so many people about it. Aww. And it was just, yeah, it was really, really, really good. Get, feeling emotional just talking about it, because it, it was, yeah. I just, yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. And I think when things are so bleak and dark and you can't see And also any we were in the middle of COVID, weren't we? It was, uh, everybody was yeah. scared, weren't they? Yeah, totally. It's, and it doesn't right take, and it doesn't take long. It's just, yeah. just giving yourself that time, five, 10 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes, 
so important no so for me it was brilliant thank you and it's amazing how much you how much better you you feel just with those small small amounts i used it when after i'd had my miscarriage zeta and and again it was like i felt so low and that there was there was no hope for me which obviously when i look back you know it is that that's just what i was feeling at the time and have just having something to kind of guide was actually it was, it was so helpful because you oh, can you. that's the thing is no matter what's going on you can do something however small it is and I think that's something that I'd really love for everyone who's listening to you know to take away wherever they are and whatever whatever stage they're at there is always something that we you know even if it is a, you know a 10 minute meditation that, that we can be doing to help ourselves Mads you were going to say something well, um, I was just going to agree with both of you. It was, uh, again, I felt incredibly low. But after doing Hug, it was I really when I felt the most connected through my body and my brain. It was total connection. And um, it was an amazing feeling to sort of regain almost like a power that I could get confidence that my body was working the way it should. So, um, yes, thank you, Zita, so much. It's a powerful tool. Actually, I've started, I started using it with my clients before yoga and taking, uh, taking your techniques, you know, just centering yourself. Usually we'd focus on the breath, but just, simply that that holding your heart and hand to your brain and down to your gut just that simple thing just holding those parts of your body it is really it's really powerful isn't it because it can be really painful just having your hands on your heart or your uterus or your mind so no it was yeah really good we strongly think all three of us can highly recommend the hug program thank you so much ladies and we'll put a we'll put a link and and some more information in in this podcast episode of, of where you can find that and so Zita obviously you're guru when it comes to self-care for our mind and our body recommendations but if we could take two things maybe away from this episode and from this chat with you for our self-care what would you really recommend what would you say to people who are who are sort of trying and struggling right now I would look at two things. I'd look at age and time trying. And when I say time trying, I mean really trying, you know, having lots of sex, uh, you know, not just around ovulation, but throughout the month. And I would say be strategic, you know, in terms of your fertility, don't put too many delays in, you know, sort of just think to yourself, work within a time frame. So it's very easy for 18 months to go, two years to go, three years to go. Try and work within a time frame of what you what you need to do. Don't be frightened of Western medicine. If you've got any issues or problems, it's important that you get them sorted out, but don't leave it too late either. And I'd just love to know, Zita, so how often do you see couples who are gearing up for fertility treatment, falling pregnant naturally due to sort of the complementary therapies that we have discussed? I see it a lot. You know, in the IVF clinic, we will see women will be booked on for cycles and then they cancel because they're pregnant. And just hearing what Pips is saying as well, you can't tell a woman to relax that's trying for a baby. She's like, just punch you in the face. It's just <laughs> not on. You can't relax. You know, so women true. keep searching, searching, searching while she's got her fertile years. But it's interesting what Pips was saying that she was waiting to do an IVF cycle and suddenly got suddenly got pregnant because she was distracted she wasn't thinking about anything else but I think you know what I try and get across with for, for women as well is that what's so important is 
is focus for your mind. Really important to focus because when you're not focused, your attention's all over the place. You're dipping in and out and you're searching for bits and pieces when really you've got the answers within inside you. You know, for, for most of the time, you have an answer. Al, you've got one more question. Well, I was just going to re- summarise what we've been speaking about regarding complementary therapies and how definitely for me, doing the acupuncture, the abdominal massage, the hug, the visualisation, the diet, the supplements, I really strongly believe that's what helped me have a successful pregnancy. So, yeah, this is why I think it's so important. I had to have IVF for a structural issue. Both my fallopian tubes were blocked. But I strongly, I strongly believe that all of these really, really work. So, yeah, if I can sing and dance about the complementary treatments, I will. And that's why I think this episode is so important. Yeah. And so I think Brilliant. I think the fi- yeah the final thing to to ask is should we have hope with the complementary therapies? Um, I think you've got to you know you've got to balance things you know so some women will sit in front of me and they're doing yoga they're doing the supplements they're doing diet they're doing absolutely everything but they're not having sex you know so <laughs> the sex is the most important thing to to get yourself pregnant you know you can go on along all of these routes but if you're not if you're not having sex you're not going to get pregnant and i think sometimes you can rely too heavily on them so i think it's just having a balanced viewpoint that there's western medicine and there are therapies that will help you help you distress with the sex things, Zita, would you say throw away the ovulation sticks? Because when throw we away your throw, ovulation those ovulation, sticks, throw yeah. away your temperature charts, you know, <laughs> it just makes you more obsessive. And, you know, I have something called the four P's, which are performance, panic, passion and pressure. And this is what happens. Women go out, they buy the books and excited for six months. And after that, the amount of men I see with performance anxiety, they can't perform anymore. Lack of passion, you know, waking up every morning to the bleep, bleep, bleep of the thermometer is an absolute <laughs> passion killer. And um, peeing on sticks, telling your man, man every minute detail of what's going on in your cycle when he doesn't want to hear. You know, my husband knew nothing about me nothing and yet today's woman they know every single thing about the menstrual blood flow when the period is when ovulation is it there's no mystique left yeah this does take me back to trying naturally i have (laughs) to say husbands i'm completely why would a man sit and listen to me i mean i'm always amazed when i when i do have a couple in the room and the man's able to tell me what the flow of a woman's period is like, if there's clots. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I, I love Did- this. I think there's so much sim- so much similarity and so much yeah. kind of common ground in, in what you've just said there, Zita. Yeah, yeah, there is. And so don't tell your man every minute detail of what's going on. He doesn't, he doesn't need to know. It's not going to make oh, anything God. any better. I was the opposite. I was like, you have to know what's going on because I'm having to go through this, therefore we're having to go through this together. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, men, they just, they, they, they don't know what to do. Yeah. They don't. And I think what's so hard for a man is it, he wants to fix it and he's mm. generally more optimistic than you are that it's going to work. And he wants to be the fixer. And when he can't be the fixer, it's really difficult. So when the period comes and a woman is low, it's really hard. When ovulation comes, you, you know, the amount of arguments around ovulation day and um, when somebody's late home from work, you know, and they can't perform, it's really, really difficult, really difficult. Yeah. 
men don't go men don't share like women no. they don't go down the pub and talk about their sperm or their sex life or <laughs> or anything do they whereas women talk about it all yeah we that's how we get through it that's how we yeah. get through it yeah and it's been brilliant yeah. talking through this episode with you thank you so much for joining pleasure. us thanks pleasure So now it's time to hear from our resident fertility nutritionist, Maddie, in her fertility corner. Mads, what have you been cooking up for us this week? Thanks, sis. Yes, so what have I got cooking today? Well, today I want to talk to you about the vaginal microbiome. And listen, it's such a fascinating area for me because what we're coming to realize is that the quality and of this microbiome has a major impact on pregnancy implantation, pregnancy rates, and ongoing pregnancy to live birth. So it can have a really big impact. And what we're seeing is those of us who are maybe experiencing, you know, recurrent miscarriage, recurrent implantation failure, is that there is often this sense of dysbiosis going on in the vagina. So if you have had STDs in the past, if you have recurrent vaginal infections, things like BV or maybe candida, uh, thrush, if you have had multiple multiple miscarriages, sorry, then maybe you want to think about what is going on with your vagina and its microbiome. Now, there are things that you can do. You can do tests. You can do either swabs, vaginal swabs. And there is another test where they actually uh, analyze your menstrual blood. So if this is something that you're interested in doing, I would definitely recommend working with someone who is qualified in the air, in this area, something like someone like me or another fertility specialist practitioner. Um. However, there are things you can do which are sort of less invasive and eating a diet rich in probiotics can have a benefit for the microbiome. So foods such as uh, kimchi, kefir, things that are are fermented like kombucha, but also looking at things like your feminine hygiene products, making sure that they're not, you know, crazy bleached so natural tampons and pads these will have a positive impact on the microbiome as opposed to the things that have been really chemically treated also looking at the products that you're using around that area making sure that you're not doing things like douching and there are supplements that you can take probiotics with specific strains which can benefit the microbiome Again, what I would say is you could just take a generic one or if you are someone that is, like I said, having recurrent miscarriage or current infections, there are certain strains that work better for certain conditions. So I would always advise working with a healthcare practitioner. And yes, hopefully this was interesting for you. It's all about that healthy vaginal microbiome. 
We're so happy to have the amazing Zeta West on the podcast this week and next week. So Zeta really helped me in the past and I had a consultation with her and made a plan. She also personally offers one-on-one consultations via Zeta West Consultancy. To make an appointment, you can email philippa at zetawestconsultancy.com. so good chatting to Zita especially because she's such a guru within the fertility industry I found that really really fascinating especially because she's got the background as a midwife she's got the background as an acupuncturist and also she's obviously got her own clinic uh, so I really hope that that was helpful yeah she's amazing and look we've both done the hug and we know how amazing of a resource it is so yeah I can't wait to have her back <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you found this episode useful. And as ever, if you have any questions, please do get in touch with us on Instagram. You can find us at Soul Sisters Fitness, at Pips underscore Taylor, or at WTF Fertility. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, don't forget to rate us and subscribe if you can. We'll see you next time. Sending so much love and be confident in knowing you're doing absolutely everything you can. You've got this. Oh,